This is the Bulls Talk Podcast presented by Coors Light. I am Jason Goff, and I am joined by Casey Johnson, Rob Schaefer, and Tony Gill, all from NBC Sports Chicago and NBCSportsChicago.com. Coming up on the show, we'll discuss voluntary group workouts for the Bulls, quarantine period, and all the things that they have to look forward to or not look forward to because they don't have a coach, they don't have a system. So what will these players truly get out of it? We'll discuss that. And playoff bubble things, Jokic, and LeBron and Anthony Davis and Jimmy Butler and Jason Tatum, everything you need. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Born in the Rockies, Coors Light is lagered cold for a crisp, clean taste. Filtered cold to ensure clarity and brightness. And packaged cold for peak refreshment. Because those who thirst for more deserve the world's most refreshing beer. Guys, your thoughts. (laughs) <laughs> hey that's the start no no that's the start of the podcast tony i don't want you chopping that off that is the start of the podcast now let's let's get into it all right guys so the the team uh how many is it voluntary activities or voluntary group workouts as, as they're calling them have uh, have commenced we are recording here on a monday you guys are gonna hear this on a tuesday uh what do we know rob what do we know casey by the way welcome into the bulls talk podcast rob schaefer casey Johnson, Jason Goff, Tony Gill with you here. What do we know after the first couple glimpses of Otto Porter's new entourage or new, I should say, ensemble? Uh, what, what do we know about the, these voluntary group workouts taking place uh, at the Advocate Center? We know that uh, they are ensconced in the downtown hotel, uh, quarantining in advance of the official start, which is Wednesday. Um, they actually were at the Advocate Center for individual workouts last week, and that's when daily COVID-19 tests start, testing started. And now they're in the quarantine phase, so they can be cleared uh, to the scrimmage and practice starting Wednesday. And I'm told that Chris Dunn will not be in attendance, uh, pending free agent. Not a huge surprise, um, especially for a guy who not only doesn't have long-term paper, uh, but also – um, has battled injuries um, and is coming off of a knee injury that I, I'm also told is fully rehabbed and he's ready to go. But um, we'll be sitting out this uh, voluntary program like some other free agents around the league are doing. Um, uh, Denzel, Va- uh, Denzel Valentine, however, uh, pending free agent will be in attendance. So um, that's uh, you know Denzel's uh, you know looking to get some shots up or impress a new management regime or what have you but mm-hmm. good, good on him for being there um so that's what we know to this point and uh we get to talk to some executives and players uh later this week so looking forward to that rob how do you think these young men can best utilize their time that's a good question i we asked kobe that um last week when he talks uh to reporters and, and basically he said what I think is the predictable answer and it's probably the right answer. Uh, it's probably a chemistry building exercise more than anything, especially without a new head coach. I, I don't know how much schematically or how much you could get worked out rotation wise. There's also the draft and free agency coming up. So this isn't necessarily 
uh, the set roster, even if the, the four um, that we kind of call the core quote unquote uh, are there. So, um, you know, if, it, if it's, if it's team bonding, if it's guys like Denzel who maybe have something to prove, um, like you said, Casey coming in and making an impression, I think that's a valuable use of time. Uh, um, and for us, I mean, there, there's a media aspect to this too, where we're going to be getting these guys, whether they be players, executives, um, assistant coaches or whoever we're allowed to talk to, we're going to be able to get them on record, not only about how guys look or how guys have spent their off season, um, but also kind of what people's vision is looking forward and how expectations maybe adjust over the course of a couple of weeks. Maybe they won't. Um, I do think there's a lot of value in kind of catching up with this team again, even if it's all in kind of a press conference format, it might be a little bit more sanitized. Uh, there'll be value in that too, because really, you know, save for the end of season press conference, save for the occasional one-on-one interview here or there about, you know, various things to promote. Uh, we haven't really heard from much of this team uh, in a long time. So um, that'll be, that'll have some value to it, uh, if nothing else. Fellas, I'll throw this open to both of you. Uh, with all the variables, no coach, no system, uh, you know, obviously the architects are trying to figure out what the roster looks like. If this was a regular offseason, we still would be having – we'd have a lot of questions about, like, who's, who's this offseason most important for and all the regular stuff that comes along with the season overview. But now with pandemic – with a pandemic that's crippled the league and crippled everything that is uh, NBA basketball and the way that we're used to it going about, how, how important – not how important, but what's most important and who – whose offseason you think is most affected by this? Because Larry Markin and everything that, that we thought going into this offseason, like, is still unanswered. You still don't know who the coach is. Hopefully that'll get answered here very soon. Kobe White, you know, you've, you've been in contact with him, Rob, and KC. And, uh, you know, cool thing that he's going doing with Zenny, donating uh, eyewear uh, to, to the kids out there. But, like, what is this offseason for a couple of very, very important players with all the variables still up in the air? Well, I actually think the the no coach thing is pretty significant. Um, and that obviously, that's the other thing we'll learn about this bubble is it'll shoot down my theory that Arturis was going to hire somebody in time for this. Uh, I, I think I was doing that mostly out of wishful thinking to have this story <laughs> off my plate. But uh, no, I, I, you know, it's it. There's so much uncertainty surrounding next season that I guess you shouldn't read too much into the fact that there's no coach for this. But I, I thought that that was a good opportunity. And obviously, um, you know, the fact that there will be no head coach in place limits a little bit of what they can accomplish because you would have been, you know, trying to probably install some philosophies, et cetera. Um, but, uh, you know, I do think it's – the big thing is it gives the management regime – a chance to see these guys together playing basketball for the first time since they've been hired. And as our tourists and Mark Eversley have reminded us ad nauseum, they like to be in the gym and have their eyes on, on guys. So I think there'll be some benefit to that. Um, I think there'll be some benefit for Chris Fleming, who's been leading a lot of these individual workouts, has a history with our tourists from Denver, uh, has a very good chance to be retained on staff for whomever they end up hiring as the head coach. Um, so there's still some positives out of it. I think there would it would have been a little bit more impactful if a head coach was in place, but but that's just me. Hey guys, don't worry. West Sunset Junior will be available probably around Saturday or Sunday. Hey so, now. Yeah. Oh, now you're now you're ready to count them out. <laughs> that's a, that's a complaint. <laughs> now you're ready to write them off. Yeah, this ain't the Clippers, Rob. You know that. <laughs> yeah. but, now, 
seriously, uh, you know, this, this thing, I mean, Casey, you've, you've covered coaches who knew they were going to get jobs. You've covered coaches who were uh, in the running for jobs. And how, if at all, is it different the, when it comes to the NFL and head coaching candidates where the, they have to be, oh, I'm, I'm focused. Usually it's during playoff time, obviously, too. So it's like, I'm focused on this week. I don't want to talk about the jobs that might be out there. Is it any different for basketball coaches when you're dealing with a series and you're dealing with scouting in a different way and you're dealing with, you know, self-scouting in a different way than NFL coaches have to deal with it? Because if, if I'm West Sunset Jr. and I know all these things might be waiting on the horizon, I still have to have my eye on the prize and do my due diligence for the organization that I'm working for but is it any different than what we hear about when when we hear NFL coaches talk about potential job searches well we could just go off history and there's precedent for the Bulls making a hire and it's funny you bring this up because Tom Thibodeau is known as you know uh 24 7 film Uh grinder and yet interviewed for the Bulls uh coaching job in, in 2010 while he was uh in the NBA finals with the Celtics versus the Lakers and actually the Bulls and Tom's uh side agreed to terms during those finals and then both teams agreed to table the official announcement until the conclusion of the finals however you know multiple outlets including you know, when I was working for the Chicago Tribune at the time reported it as a done deal during the finals. So there there's precedent for that. And look, to me, the bubble adds another layer to this. You could, you could prepare all you want. You're going to have some downtime when you're living in a bubble doing basketball 24 seven. So, mm. you know, uh, Wes has interviewed once for the Bulls job. I would assume that if they want to advance to the finalist phase, he can hop on a zoom call again, even while he's doing the, due diligence and hard work that I'm sure he's doing for the Denver franchise. Um, so I don't think that's the holdup. Uh, and look, one of the other names on that list that's been rumored is, you know, having a decent chance this job, Kenny Atkinson, is out of work. So I assume it's going to be moving to the finalist phase soon. I wrote that last week. Um, and we'll just see how it plays out. Rob, where's your money right now? On the next coach? Mm-hmm. No, actually, uh, I think like, how, do you, how do you have it diversify? Yeah, of course, on the next coach. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, I would have trouble with answers for the uh, for the. But, um, in terms of yeah, in terms of the next coach, I, I think the unsettled unsettled momentum is significant to me. Um, I don't, you know, for the for the historical reasons that you mentioned, Casey, maybe it's not enough to read into. Well, it hasn't been done yet, so it's definitely him. Uh, or I guess Dan Craig falls in that bucket too because he's still. Uh, alive with Miami. But to me, I mean, Unseld has always made so much sense to me. And now maybe I'm going to go on this rant and we're going to find out before this even goes live that he's, that he's not the guy. Um, but just having the prior relationship, um, we know AK values um, people that he knows. He values that front office to coach uh, synergy. So that would be something that he could carry over from Denver. Um, so it's a, for, for that reason, he's always made a ton of sense to me. He's certainly basketball qualified. He's been, uh, bouncing around organizations, whether as a scout or assistant for the last 15 years. Um, and then obviously, you know, the, the fruits of this Nuggets playoff run speak for themselves. People read a lot into that. Um, and there, there certainly is some value um, in looking at, you know, the success that they've had and, and potentially projecting it uh, to the Bulls if, if that day comes. So that's, that's where my money would be. Um, you know, I don't know anything more than anybody else, but uh, that hire has always made sense. Uh, really since the initial candidates came out in my eyes. Um, and I think it would be a good one. I, I don't, I don't think anybody would um, have too much negative to say about that, at least until the games start.
VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Did anybody else's ears perk up when we heard the reports about Giannis Antetokounmpo meeting with the the ownership groups, uh, the ownership, the owner, and saying that he wanted the Bucks roster to be a little bit more creative going forward or get creative with the roster? Uh, is this is this a guy greasing the skids for signing that Supermax deal and then after that first year saying bye-bye? And if so, do Bulls fans have to have that irrational hope only to be met at the rim like Bam Adebayo was standing there, Casey? That's very poetic, by the way. Thank you, my man. I, <laughs> Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a little conspiracy theorist. Uh, I, I, look, the, the Bulls the Bulls have to get to relevancy before they're starting thinking about landing guys like Giannis, right? Uh, you know, I, I just I, I think one step at a time with this new management regime. I know that Giannis has been the pipe dream of a fan base for a while, and we'll have to monitor how AD's you know situation plays out here. But yep. I, I, I don't. I don't quite have my sights on those guys anymore. I have them trying to upgrade the roster between now and next off season. And then, you know, making, they'll have a lot of money, but I, I don't think they're going to be landing like supermax guys. I think they're going to be just, you know, upgrading the roster and doing it methodically. Look, Arturis's history and roster building is mainly through the draft. So obviously the bulls are well positioned with their balance sheet, you know, and their books moving forward. But, uh, I think we've all seen how free agency has played out historically for this franchise. So I personally don't have uh, much hope in them landing a guy like Giannis. Yeah, maybe they can, like, send them another copy, the deluxe edition of The Last Dance, and kind of edit out all those things that showed ownership or, or you know, general managers in a tough light and just show the winning and, and all the fanfare that Chicago gives you once you, uh, once you do something in this city. Maybe, maybe that could be the, the pitch. Speaking of Anthony Davis, fellas, let's jump into the playoffs and let's jump into uh, the bubble. Listen, man, I know everybody's killing Mason Plumlee right now. People, you know, might be asking what Torrey Craig was on. Is this, did somebody mess up? Michael Malone was the only one in the defensive stance, seemingly. But the two things, <laughs> the two things that stuck out to me in uh, the, the end of game two shot where Anthony Davis uh, apparently went rogue <laughs> and, and went and got the ball uh, from Rajon Rondo in, on the inbounds is, one, that Nikola Jokic, because they wanted length on the inbounder, was guarding the inbounder. And for a guy who we make a lot of jokes about his athleticism and him not being able to move quickly, and uh, my man Mero from Jesus and Mero called him an Albanian landlord. <laughs> he, he, he said that, the, that the, the Clippers got cooked by an Albanian landlord named Nikola Jokic, which I absolutely love. But... The fact that it took two steps for that man to close out 
uh, on Anthony Davis the way he did. Like, that was a contested shot. Like, I know we need to kill Mason Plumlee for screening himself, apparently, and then pointing, because the point defense is always, that's like the lookout block in football. I love that. When a, when a left tackle is pointing at the dude, he should be blocking. But I was astounded at Nikola Jokic being able to recover and get out there with the length that he did and, and the possession before with the big bucket. That could have been Nikola Jokic's real, like, I'm here moment with a block or a contested shot and, of course, the possession before. But uh, as Dragonfly Jones put it, fellas, you know, we're living in the future now where Anthony Davis is six foot ten, can, can come off a, a non-screen and with confidence nail a three-pointer in a game where another big who had just bodied him in the post, low post, you know, old school style. It was it was a great, great couple of events, great couple of possessions. Rob, let's start with you. What did you think of those moments? What did you think of Nuggets Lakers, period? And and is this thing over? We're just waiting for the next two games to wrap up. Yeah, it was an awesome game. Um, we're starting to really get a fully formed idea of the answer to the, you know, what is Anthony Davis in the playoffs question that I, I think I remember us having a conversation about before the playoffs started. Yeah. And I don't think we were making any declarations that he wasn't, but we were just kind of waiting to see. Um, and he's, you know, what could have been Nikola Jokic coming out party became uh, Anthony Davis coming out bonanza. And that's really fun. And that's great. He's shooting 40% from three in the playoffs. That's awesome. Um, for all the talk about how, you know, he should want to play center more. Um, he's, you know, the Lakers' best defensive lineups have him at the four in this series. That's matchup dependent. But, you know, there's just a lot of things that he's um, doing great right now. He's amazing to watch. Um, him and Jokic going head-to-head down the stretch um, was incredible. Uh, in terms of am I ready to, you know, anoint the Lakers' Western Conference champions, I- I'm now a little traumatized and a little scared to count the Nuggets out at this point because, I, you know, I really have the last two rounds and who didn't. Um, I'm a little worried to do that. It makes me even more worried because uh, Tony and I were texting before this and I looked, I actually looked it up. I, I didn't double check these, but I manually went and looked at, at LeBron James teams history when they go up 2-0. Mm-hmm. LeBron James teams are 22-0 when they go up 2-0 in his career. Now a lot of those are kind of... Say that number again. 22-0. It's pretty good. Wow. It's pretty good. It's pretty overwhelming. Now the caveats, of course the Eastern conference was, you know, trash his whole early career in Cleveland. And even the second stint in Cleveland, a lot, 18 of those are first and second round series. Uh, 12 of them are sweeps. Like there's a lot of different caveats in there, but the point is like, this isn't necessarily the Clippers anymore. Like this is LeBron James and Anthony Davis and the Lakers look locked in. Um, It's just a bummer. I I don't necessarily have a rooting interest. Uh, I don't know that any of us do, but you know, you kind of want these series to go as long as possible because they're so much fun. So for that reason, I was kind of disappointed to see the Nuggets go down 2-0 instead of drawing level at 1-1. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, I'm not ready to count them out, but it looks uh, a little bleak for them right now. Uh, At the very least, just I hope we get at least two to four more games um, of Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray in these playoffs because they uh, have just shown me so much, I think a lot of people so much. Um, I was saying this earlier in a, in a world where originality it might not be dead, but it's on life support, like true originality. Nikola Jokic, he's unlike any basketball player I've ever seen in my life. And I think a lot of people would say that even people that aren't as young as me. Uh, so I appreciate him a lot and I will miss watching him if they do uh, go out quickly here. But if it means Wes Unsell gets named Bulls coach, that will be great too. 
So before I ask KC about what he thought about both games one and two of Nuggets Lakers and you know the LeBron factor and Anthony Davis, Tony Gill, unmute that mic for me one second, player. I, I need to ask you a question. Fellas? Yeah. No, don't what's up, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, usually you usually you come down as the booming you know, voice of black basketball Jesus, <laughs> and you jump in here like a Kool Aid man through the wall. Now I got a question for you though, Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid. You got one guy to start a. Oh a, God! Don't don't all God me now. <laughs> got one guy to start a friend because two weeks ago <laughs> you. you, you <laughs> You was feeling the the Embiid vibes. Tell me now, who I, you start with you, franchise with? I must still go with Embiid. Oh God! There you go, and oh God! <laughs> I mean, it's this. Hard with it. I just respect him sticking to his guns. I respect <laughs> that. It's, I mean, it's a hard choice, right? I mean, you know, the recency bias. Like we're seeing him playing in more meaningful games against. You know why we got recency bias, Tony? Because he's still playing <laughs> in a tougher conference. <laughs> Look at Tony. Tony got the black fist in the air with one tear coming down his face. You know, he, you go ahead and pick Nicola. He a better bet. Come on, man, Tony. He's hey, Tony. You man, know the look, vibe. Watch a basketball. Like, team. He's he's the he's the greatest big man passer of all time. Um, he's one of the most skilled big men we've ever seen. Here we go. But everything that comes with Embiid on both ends of the floor, like. I just I want that like all of the offense that that Jokic brings like it's great but he is I mean he's he's not the best that is not a good defensive team. Tony sounds like Tony sounds like you're describing a relationship you want out of soon. That's what it sounds like. (laughs) (laughs) You're just waiting. You're just waiting for somebody to show you the real their real selves. All your homies (laughs) is telling you like, you know, man, I don't know if she's right for you, Tony. Hey, I'm 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 riding this NBA train all the way to the end, baby. Let's go. (laughs) Oh yeah, there's gonna be a lot of second round losses in your future. (laughs) No, I had to. I had to. I love you. You know that, Uh, KC. Uh, Anthony Davis nailing a three-pointer uh, with with no time remaining. LeBron James being as happy as ever because somebody got a chance to do it besides him. Um, th- this is a different animal, and and Rob is right. I was one of the guys who said, yeah, I haven't seen it yet. It may be there, but we just have to see it in the playoffs. That was a real moment, Casey. That was, you know, we talk about Bam out of – first of all, Bam out of Bio's block is the greatest block of all time. I heard this foolishness for like a week straight, and I'm like, wait a minute. Like how many – not, Let's just, not do that, Jason. Let's not do that. No, that, that LeBron block in the finals is the greatest block. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Bam's block in the finals, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's so that, – that's – let's get that out the way. Anthony Davis might have been defensive player of the year this year. Anthony Davis has been mired in mediocrity in New Orleans in the tough Western Conference for a long time. There's something about seeing a dude meet the moment when he finally gets it, and that's what I felt last night, Casey. Yeah, no, he – that was a big-time shot. And, you know, I was talking to somebody today that I was – focusing on the defensive breakdown and then the person reminded me that's a 6'11 guy calmly draining a wing three like from a, a six inches inside the 
side out of bounds. So a uh, pretty, pretty impressive shot. But let's focus on that defensive breakdown for a second because I, I, I will be critical of, of Plumlee for this reason, regardless of what the defensive philosophy or strategy was. And they had been switching, and obviously Jeremy Grant looked like he was, you know, asking for some help or whatever uh, before the whistle was blown. If you watch that play closely, Plumlee's not even in position um, to, to, to properly – switch if they do switch because he's on the high side yep. so if if grant jumps out on davis lebron just dives right to the basket for a layup and you don't think rajon rondo's going to find him whether a seven footer is in front of him or not i mean so that that was a pretty egregious defensive breakdown but um Great point. yeah that 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 was that and that was really just disappointing because like rob i i want to see this series extended and now you wonder if that's the nuggets just have one more pushing them after all they've been through that that was such a great effort last night but hey it also should have come down to that last play missed free throws and missed box outs they gave up way too many offensive rebounds too um so a great series at this point um ad obviously stepping up in his first big opportunity and uh you know i i think the lakers at this point have to be considered the pretty much the prohibitive title favorites so when this podcast, I can't believe you just called out Windy City Bulls legend PJ Dozier right there with the. Free I throw. said miss free throws in general. I didn't just say him, but he missed some big ones. Yeah. Sometimes you sometimes you see a guy going through it. Sometimes you feel bad. Sometimes you're like, ah, he's a professional. That was one of those times where I'm like, yo, this dude. I don't care. Like I don't I don't know how I feel about choking. Right. Like I don't know how I feel about the term choke. I think people misuse it quite often, just like the term bust. You know, especially like everybody's a bust, even if they've been injured. And I'm like, wait a minute, if you didn't get a chance to see the guy at his full potential or at least a little bit of his potential, you can't call him a bust. When it comes to choking, like when a guy goes, what do you go, one for five? Yeah. One for six down that stretch. And any if he makes half of those joints, this is, we're talking about a different game. And that's just that's just the difference between guys who are, quote, ready to mo- meet the moment and guys who just don't meet the moment. Um, speaking of guys who are ready to meet the moment uh, before we wrap this thing up, because I know you got you got to bounce here, Casey. Uh, Jimmy says that he's tired of having to dig out of holes. Like, like they're getting too used to falling behind and trying to make their way back. Uh, I, I still feel the Miami Heat are going to win this series. Uh, I think it's going to be a six-game series. I think the Heat are going to win. Did, did the Heat find anything else out about themselves in this last game, KC? Or what are you looking forward to the next time these two teams go at it before we let you go? Well, I absolutely believe, and I wouldn't have thought this before the series, that the Heat are going to win the series now because of the way they played down the stretch of that loss. I did not like the way Boston – played that fourth quarter at all they've clearly um you know if you look at the stats they've led what i think the majority of the series by 74 percent of the minutes yeah but so there you go but the other day but but um but they i thought they just really settled into iso ball and jack and step back threes in that fourth quarter so to me you can you can almost sometimes make a statement in a loss and the way that Miami closed that game and made things interesting on the stretch really bodes well for them. They've clearly figured out a way to throw them off, the Celtics off their rhythm with that zone. And um, they're just, they're, they're just playing with a confidence and a poise that, um, you know, I think uh, in large part emanates from Jimmy, but extends down through the roster, even to the young players. So um, my, my eyes are on, on Miami Lakers at this point, And we'll, we'll see if that's how it plays out. 
going to be a fun, fun series. Tonight, any, well, any predictions, people be listening on Tuesday. So the results are already being, so we might as well give them a little something. Who you guys got in Lakers Nuggets tonight? Well, Lakers Nuggets won't play till I'm not Tuesday sorry. Tuesday night. And then well, Celtics Teeter are actually on a three-day rest, too. They don't play till Wednesday. Which is which is tonight for the podcast listeners. So, who you guys oh, got? Yeah. yeah, who you guys got in, in, in Lakers-Nuggets uh, game three? I got Lakers. Nuggets. Ooh. Tony? Gill game three. Tony, the, the hater of Nikola Jokic, Tony Gill? <laughs> uh, I'm right with LeBron. Come on, man. All right, there it is. I got I got Lakers as well. So that means Rob Schaefer will be able to uh, crow all he wants on Thursday next time we get one of these. When it gets an uninterrupted monologue on the next podcast. Oh, dude. I, <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> I, I'll uh, I'll press mute and just listen to Rob. Go <laughs> in. I've, been, I, I've been waiting for Rob to go in. Rob's got that go in in him that I, that we that we're gonna uncork here soon. He went through the whole season without going in, which is props to him. I can't wait till it's going to happen like some minuscule offseason move. I feel it coming. Well, Casey almost unlocked me with the Jason Tatum step back three down the stretch of games, settling for a jump. He almost got me with that one. But yeah, you're right. It probably will be like the Bulls will, you know, sign Mo Harkless to the mid level exception instead of Jay Crowder, and I'm going to lose my mind. It'll be, it'll be something like that. <laughs> Rob will be breaking keyboards and we'll be able to hear it. <laughs> for Rob Shape, for Casey Johnson, my main man, Tony Gill, Joel Embiid's number one fan. I'm Jason Goff. Thank you so much for listening to the Bulls Talk Podcast brought to you by Coors Light. Have a great day, everybody. We hope you enjoy the Bulls Talk Podcast presented by Coors Light. Find us on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Subscribe if you like the show. Feel free to rate and review us. New episodes are ready every Tuesday and Friday morning. Take care of each other, be safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.